Adventure Seekers, welcome. Jedi, Ninja, and Wizards Tolerated. This is Adventure Seekers Welcome, Jedi, Ninja, and Wizards Tolerated. I'm your host, Ran Law, author of the Mystic Dreamwalker series. And here is today's quote. Gratitude is the fairest blossom which springs from the soul. Henry Ward Beecher. Now it's time for today's headlines. On Memorial Day, we honor and pay tribute to our nation's heroes by giving up our rights in the name of safety. Also, we hold picnics and barbecues. And speaking of picnics and barbecues, Tokushi Kempo Summer Camp kicks off soon. Our focus for this camp is on the structure of instruction and practice. If you have any topics you would like to have addressed, make sure you mention them at the beginning of each training period. And don't forget to bring your Shuriken Jutsu practice items. And now for a word from our sponsor. Do you need a warrior spin doctor? Contact Q&A with Sensei on Anchor or Patreon to have Sensei help change your perspective on life's little problems. By going to the Rand Law Anchor page, you can leave a message for Sensei, or if you're a Patreon member, you can contact Sensei there. And now it's time for Q&A with Sensei, bringing the obscure clarity of a warrior's point of view for life's little problems. Sensei's first question was, I hate my job, what do I do? Not having enough clairvoyance to know what you do for a living makes it hard for Sensei to ascertain the right direction to point you. I don't know exactly what it is you do for a living, but in general, most often we follow the path that we should be on. So the question is not so much about the job, but about the employer or the manner in which you are utilized. No matter what type of work you do to pay the bills, it's not necessarily what you do for a living. What you do for a living is what gives you the will to carry on and strive to improve. We all are seeking to find our connection with the infinite, most often through our connection to others. This connection that we seek generally is performed on many levels. What our mind continually turns to is our creative force. And the source of our creation is not always our strong point. Look at Elton and Bernie. Their collaboration is phenomenal, but independent of each other, their success may have been greatly diminished and at least delayed. The trick lies in finding what it is that your mind always turns to and find some way to get people to pay for it. If you're not working at something that you're always thinking about, chances are you feel unaccomplished. And if you're not getting paid for doing what you continually think about, chances are you feel the same. Since a second question is, how are we going to sleep for camp? And of course, the answer is with our eyes closed. Although, if you notice, most times our eyes are open up little slits. That way, when any light appears, we wake up. As to the circumstances of where we will sleep, more often than not, 
I would suggest bunking up just as we had previously. The long-range weather forecast has once again promised us with the blessing of showers, although the weather is predicted to be considerably warmer than it was for spring camp, which I thought was just fine. And speaking of just fine, that brings me back to the earlier question about the job. Having gratitude, both for the rainy weather and a job that pays the bills, goes a long way in contentment. While working to better ourselves is always our goal. The journey is all about the journey. The destination is out of our control. The third question is about Zen and Pen. The Zen and Pen comics are released once a week with only one pen and ink drawing at a time. This change has been brought about by the inclusion of the adventures of the characters from Zen and Pen into the podcast. Members on Patreon at the VIP level can vote which direction they would like the story to go and what kind of encounters they would enjoy seeing befall upon the characters. Today's haiku is entitled, Peace. Some bring a dojo, serenity when leaving, some by entering. It's now time to continue our heroic adventure with a cast from Zen and Pen as they are about to enter into mortal combat with opponents armed with steel blades and bows and arrows, while they are only armed with their wooden staffs ringed with steel. Outside of the village, both Dookie and Parker are performing recon in the falling twilight against their opponents, still hidden in the scrub brush and rock-strewn desert. River and Matt begin to make their way down into the center of the village by the communal campfire to face their champion. Matt, acting as a second, whispers to River, if they do anything, anything at all that looks suspicious, I'm going to put this stick right down the throat of that ugly-looking guy on the left. Meanwhile, Ty, who had fallen behind just a bit, stumbled as he tried to catch up with the others. At first it was just a toe catching on a stone in the pathway, but then his staff dug into the dirt and succeeded in tripping him further, rolling him into the dust, while propelling him ahead of his two companions as if he had been pole vaulting and achieving more distance than height. This unexpected action caused the opposition to believe that a sudden attack had been sprung on them, and without waiting to see what was going on, the three men, unnerved by the unexpected maneuver, lashed out with their blades against nearby villagers, striking down several men from the village who had pressed forward to get a better view of the fight between the champions. And when I say struck down, I mean merely slashed and gashed. No one appeared to be mortally wounded, as they too had been on nerve's end waiting to see the outcome, while hoping that these champions that had been promised to them were welcomed. No one was certain that they would be able to perform the task. Hence, 
the men holding their staffs with them, and, thanks to the nervousness of the situation, their fast twitch muscle reflexes had saved them from serious injury. But, inside the village, they had the upper hand, at least from numbers. While no one knew the numbers that the opponents had, still hidden in the outskirts, and they were armed with archery skills and weaponry, and their arrows were steel tipped, which gave them better penetrating power, and most of the villagers only had stones to sling for any distance combat, while there were plenty of stones at never-ending supply even. The distance that a man could sling a stone was approximately a hundred meters, where the archers could shoot anywhere between two and three hundred meters easily, and some of the better archers have been known to hit man-sized targets at four hundred meters, and anything under a hundred meters was most certainly a kill shot on a clear day. After the first few villagers fell, River, Ty, and Matt had rushed forward, swinging their staves forward as if it was a group kata performing in front of a tournament crowd. But in this situation, things were not as predictable as a planned out routine. And they quickly found out that the three opposing champions had brought along additional backup. Three more men appeared from out of nowhere, one armed with a bow and arrow, and the other two were also armed with steel blades. The archer fired a shot in Matt's direction. As he was muscular and boisterous, he was easily perceived as a threat, and one arrow immediately pierced his tunic and caused a red stain to flow out the front and the back of the tunic as the arrow passed straight through, where it came to rest in the foot of River. This had happened so quickly that River wasn't even aware that he had been shot, until he staggered in his step and looked down and saw that he was pinned to the ground, and he reflexively broke off the shaft of the arrow and pulled his foot free, while thrusting his staff forward and catching the champion right in the throat as he turned to face his new opponent. The force of this blow caught the man off guard as it shoved his head backwards, causing him to lose his balance, and he dropped his swords to clutch at his throat, feeling his larynx crush from the force of the blow. All thoughts of continuing combat had fled from this champion's mind, as the only thing he could think of was getting his next breath. Meanwhile, River turned to help a nearby villager that was being hard-pressed by two men armed with swords attacking him simultaneously. And then, as suddenly as the attack had begun, a loud cry from out in the desert sounded and then was repeated by several other voices in some foreign tongue that none of the adventurers recognized. But it was obvious that Parker and Dookie's presence had 
been sufficient enough to cause them to panic, as they could not be sure of the number of people that might have encircled around them. And by the time darkness engulfed the little village, all sight and sound of their attackers seemed to have vanished into the desert. The only problem was Dukey and Parker had not returned, which caused great concern for all of the adventurers, and the villagers voiced their suspicions that they had been either taken for ransom or killed out in the desert, which did not please their heroes at all. But at least there was still the potential of a rescue. A quick search by torchlight in the nearby area revealed nothing of bodies, so their hope was that Parker and Dukey were not actually missing in the sense of being captured, but were only following after their opponents to see which direction they had fled. River's foot had been bound and was throbbing, but he was willing to begin a rescue mission, but the villagers pleaded with them not to go and leave them without protection. Matt, too, had his wounds bound, which he thought to be merely superficial as it was nothing more than an arrow piercing through his love handle on the right-hand side. He shrugged off his wounds, saying that more of the damage had been done to the tunic than to himself. Ty, on the other hand, had also a serious foot injury as he had broken a toe, making it painful to walk, but nonetheless, with his toe supported by a cloth bandage, he was ready to go. There was a large debate between the villagers and Tara, who was overseeing the management of the camp, making sure that everyone was bandaged up and taken care of, while she distributed the steel weapons to the villagers so that they felt that they could take care of themselves when she and the other adventurers left the village. None of the villagers liked this idea, but they relented when Master Quang appeared out of nowhere and he sided with the adventurers heading off to rescue their friends. All right, that's our time, so tune in next week for the next segment of the adventures of Zen and Pen. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by joining me on Patreon, www.patreon.com backslash Rand Law, with no space between the Rand and the Law. I encourage everyone to seek out martial art instruction. It has been the source and foundation to everything I do. I have no weapons, but a weapon can be made. Knowledge of her power. Tokushikimpo. Until next time, this is Rand Law reminding you to follow your dreams.